It's the Save Democracy podcast. I'm Steve Goldstein. With a special edition of sorts, this one focusing on the Friday decision of Senator Kirsten Sinema to leave the Democratic Party and become an independent. Is Senator Sinema making that move to illustrate just how independent she is, lining up with her campaign four years ago when she first ran for U.S. Senate? Or is it something more internal? Many people in the Arizona Democratic Party no longer support her and are frustrated by some of the actions she has taken over the years. My guest today is Chris Hurstam, who started out as a Republican himself for many years as a legislative leader, also a chief of staff to GOP governors, and also a member of the Board of Regents. A number of years ago himself, Chris left the Republican Party and became a Democrat, and has become an outspoken critic of Senator Sinema himself. Chris, welcome to the Save Democracy podcast. Wanted to talk with you in particular on this one because of your contrarian nature, I think, on this particular issue. There are a lot of people especially those who want to see some reform when it comes to Arizona's primary system, who are applauding what Kirsten Cinema has done. But your thoughts might be a little bit different. Start us off there. Yes, I am a contrarian um, on this one. Uh, I think when you do an analysis of why she has become an independent, it's not for saving democracy. Uh, it, in my opinion, is because she realizes that there is no way she could survive politically uh, running in a Democratic primary uh, in the state of Arizona in August of 24. She would get clobbered by any solid Democrat running against her. And we all know that Ruben, Congressman Ruben Gallego is the one that would be running against her. And uh, there's no way that cinema would survive. She has burnt her bridges so badly within uh, the Arizona Democratic Party uh, for a variety of reasons. And then nationally, uh, having uh, shown no flexibility with regards to the filibuster rule in the Senate and thereby killing um, reproductive freedom legislation, killing voting rights legislation, et cetera. And uh, yes, she's done some good things in a bipartisan way in in cooperation with the Biden administration, Um, some good things like the infrastructure bill and so forth. But her stock had hit an all-time low within the Democratic Party, in my opinion, and she realized it. And the only, there's no way she could switch to being a Republican, which she might have wanted to do simply because on social issues, she's not compatible uh, with the Republicans and could never win an Arizona Republican primary uh, just for the reason that she's uh, pro-choice and she's bisexual and uh, has voted for a lot of progressive issues as well. Uh, she could never get through a Republican primary uh, the way the, the MAGA folks control the Republican Party these days. So the only thing left to her was to become a registered independent. Uh, and in my humble opinion, uh, she can't even win uh, a three-person race with a MAGA Republican, Ruben Gallego as a Democrat, and herself as an independent, uh, in my opinion, she would finish in third place as well. And I'm not convinced that she doesn't know that already. But Chris, you did give her some credit for being involved with a lot of the bipartisan cooperation that happened. There are a lot of people these days who are talking about wanting people who are in government to solve problems. Can she in some ways say to those people who are independents and then maybe a few Democrats and a few Republicans here and there, I've proven that I'm willing to cross the aisle, which a lot of you say you want. 
she could say that, yes, and she'll have lots of money because she's gotten enormous amounts of dollars contributed to her from uh, special interests, particularly uh, traditional Republican interests, by the way, from pharma, from the uh, U.S. chamber, etc., um, and so in the banking and financial institutions as well. So she'll always be able to, to do great television commercials and, um, and, and make a case. But I still believe that 65 to 70% of the electorate in the general election in 24 um, is, is not going to be voting for a registered independent. Not when it's a presidential election year, in my view. Um, I think it will still be partisan, and I think the Republican candidate, presuming it's a MAGA candidate again, which in all likelihood it will be, um, they'll get 35% of the vote. I think Ruben Gallego is is locked in to get 35% of the vote because he'll not only get the Democratic partisans, but he'll also get a sizable, he'll win the independent vote because that's what Democrats are doing now in Arizona. And, and Sinema will get the remainder of the Democratic votes and some Republicans, some Democrat, but it's only, you know, you got 35% for Rubin and you got 35% for the Maggie candidate. Um, you know, the most, in my opinion, Cinema could get is 30%. So yeah, she would, she would strike a chord with some of those folks in the center. But in, when it came down to actually voting in a presidential election year, um, in my view, um, Cinema w- wouldn't win. And, and the cause that, that uh, embraced her um, would uh, be putting itself at a disadvantage, frankly, if there, if, if there is a, a pri- an open primary or ranked choice issues on the ballot uh, sitting there next to the reproductive freedom uh, uh, initiative that will likely be on the ballot, and with Joe Biden versus, in all likelihood, a very conservative Republican, I, I think that, that those initiatives, particularly the open primary and the ranked choice, would be hurt by embracing the candidate who's probably going to finish third uh, in the U.S. Senate race. So I I just don't think that would be wise to do. So Arizona was a very different place a few decades ago when you were in the legislature. But I wanted to have you talk parallels a little bit. Certainly in the days of the gubernatorial race that turned out to be between, among rather, uh, Evan Meekham, who became governor for a short time, and then Carolyn Warner and, and Bill Schultz, at that time, there was not an incumbent. We're talking about an incumbent U.S. senator here in Kirsten Cinema, But that was a three-person race that almost couldn't have gotten any closer, Chris. And the person who won was probably the one that the people voting least wanted to win. Do you see any parallels between the two or just that I'm throwing out the fact there were three candidates? There's some parallels in that it shows that um, when you have three candidates that it's possible for perhaps the least popular one to win. <laughs> um, such as Evan Meekham. But let's remember that the, the, the big difference here, and that is that Meekham won by five percentage points over uh, a, a Carolyn Warner, um, who was the traditional Democrat, not considered progressive or conservative, very mainstream Democrat. But the difference is, is that Bill Schultz was also a very new, a newcomer, but a mainstream Democrat. People forget that he had run against Barry Goldwater, 
six years earlier in 1980 for the U.S. Senate, and Bill Schultz only lost to Goldwater by one percentage point. And then he had, you know, five years later when he jumped into the governor's race, and he was probably considered the favorite to win the Democratic primary. But his daughter had a serious health problem um, in the middle of that campaign, and Schultz pulled out, which opened the field, really, for, for Carolyn Warner to get the nomination. But, but fortunately, his daughter's health impo- improved greatly um, later in the election year, and Schultz decided that he would jump back in. It was too late. He had passed the deadlines for getting Democratic signatures to get on the ballot. So that's when he decided to run as an independent um, and got about a quarter of the vote. But it was enough to keep Carolyn Warner from from defeating Ev Meekham. But my point is, Schultz and Warner were very similar in, in policies and loyal Democratic individuals. Um, and uh, so, so the dynamics were really, were really different there. And there was a genuine split of the same type of constituency um, back in 1986 between Schultz and Warner that handed it to the right-wing goofball, Evan Meekham. Kirsten Sinema is greatly disliked by the Democratic Party, whereas Bill Schultz didn't have that negative attitude about the Democratic Party at all. He just thought he could still win. And the only the only way of doing that was to run as an independent. That is Chris Hurstam, longtime political analyst and, of course, Board of Regents member, former chief of staff, former legislative leader. He's done it all. Chris, hey, great to catch I'm up with you. I'm a former Republican, too, Steve. I skipped Seven that part. Seven years ago, went... I was the registered Republican. Yes. Great to catch up with you, Chris. Thank My you. pleasure. And thank you for listening to this edition of the Save Democracy podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you want to share it with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd subscribe as well. Music during this edition from Epidemic Sound. I'm Steve Goldstein. We'll catch you next time on the Save Democracy podcast. (music) 